Welcome to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. In this podcast, financial planner Peter Raskin helps families and business owners understand and prepare for their wealth journey. Along the way, thoughtful and detailed planning can provide clarity and confidence as clients confront a multitude of financial decisions. Listen in as Peter shares stories and insight into people's wealth journeys. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to Wealth is in the Details with Peter Raskin from Raskin Planning Group. Today, we're going to be talking about investment risk tolerance. Good morning, Peter. How are you? I'm great, Eric. How are you? I am doing fantastic. I think we, we spoke a little bit before the podcast, and, and I shared with you that I'm fresh off vacation from Mexico. It was wonderful, um, but uh, my, my father-in-law, Peter, is a retired Border Patrol agent, and my wife waited till the day before we left to tell him we were going down there because he does not like anybody doing international travel. I mean, he knows huh. a lot about Mexico, so he's really concerned about a lot of things because there's a lot of risk. Right, and that—that's his idea. Now, we went to an all-inclusive resort, so we were shielded, and we were, you know, chartered from the airport right to there. I mean, nobody's going to kidnap me. I mean, <laughs> nobody wants my kidneys. But he thinks there's a lot of risk, and that kind of falls into what we're talking about today. We tried to appease him just with the safety issues, and I know that you talk to your clients about risk quite often, and we've spoken on this podcast uh, about risk before and contingency planning as well. Correct? That's right. Yeah. And so, but I also get the impression that risk really isn't a well-understood concept, uh, especially when it comes to financial planning. And if you look at the media, um, read any of the news, I think the audience, maybe a lot of them are under the impression that markets really go up or they go down, and that's about it. But don't really take into that calculation what risk is and how it affects it. So can you, I know that's what we're talking about today, but can you really give us a clear view about risk and how it affects financial planning as a whole? Absolutely. It's it's one of the most important discussions that we have with our clients on an ongoing basis. And um, I, I think a lot of that is because um, because of the human condition. Um, there's a, uh, a whole body of science called behavioral economics, and one important theory is called loss aversion. And it, it, this theory, which has been around since the late 70s, suggests that the, the pain of losing is twice as powerful as the pleasure of gaining. Mm, mm. And matter of fact, I have a whole podcast about behavioral economics. So please listen to episode eight. It's called Financial Financial Decision Making Isn't Always Rational. Mm-hmm. That was a great um, one. Yeah, yeah, it's really important stuff. Uh, and in general, I'd say most of our clients, they want the highest possible returns on their investments and their assets, but they're really anxious about losing their financial wealth. And it's this focus that's absolutely understandable and helping our clients understand and manage the risk is our primary objective as, as we're counseling our clients on a, on a going forward basis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Makes sense. You know, I, I think it's important for three reasons. One, we want our clients to feel confident that they can meet their long-term objectives, no, no matter what happens to the financial market. And two, we want our clients to sleep at night. <laughs> you know, they, they want to feel comfortable and secure, not only about their financial projections going forward, but that their financial assets are going to be able to weather lots of storms. Mm. And then finally, 
if they're comfortable, if they're confident they can meet their objectives, um, frankly, they're more likely going to avoid making those irrational decisions when it comes to financial assets. They'll, they'll hopefully avoid irrational behavior. For example, like, like selling stocks after the markets decline, mm-hmm. only to repurchase those stocks after they recover. Yeah. And they, they, they captured that loss and they miss out on the game. And so um, by just sticking with the plan, there's just a greater likelihood that they're, they're able to meet their long-term financial objectives. Yeah, and there's a lot of, a lot of different definitions of risk that come to mind when people say the word, um, but can you define it a little bit more clearly for us when it comes to investing specifically? Yeah, it, it's, it's, when it comes to your investments, that's different than risk of gambling. Risk is, de- is defined as the probability or a likelihood of occurrence of losses relative to the expected return on any specific investment. So if you make a particular bet on a specific stock or bond, then your risk is is actually fairly high. At least that's my feeling. So if you're buying an individual stock, you're subject to the the volatility of that one stock. And lots of good things and bad things can happen to that one company. So I think of betting on individual stocks or bonds as, as a pretty high risk even if the company you invest in is well established and wonderfully managed, it just it, it it just it's possible, maybe not probable, but possible that that one company you choose could have significant problems. Mm-hmm. So, but if we think about investing in a whole variety of companies that are in different sectors of the economy, different industries, maybe even different parts of the world then your likelihood of a significant loss is, is, is really reduced because you're not just relying on one company. You've got multiple companies, multiple industries, um, mu- multiple uh, parts of the world that you're investing in. So, so my point of view at the Raskin Planning Group is that assuming you're investing in a, uh, a globally diversified, prudently managed portfolio of stocks and or bonds, uh, that... that that these stocks and bonds are going to go up, up and down daily, uh, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually. They're just every day. There's just volatility, and there's no one, including myself, that can consistently predict the direction of markets. You know, frankly, timing is everything. So if you invest today, expect that your diversified portfolio may actually increase or decrease in value. It'd be worth less. It could be worth less tomorrow, next year, or even over a five-year or 10-year period. So, you know, even if one or more of the companies in, your, in this portfolio that you own experiences problems, um, most of the companies you've invested in will stay in business, even, even during really bad recessions. Mm-hmm. Uh, not all, but, but most of the companies are likely to return to profitability and and sustain themselves and do okay. So from our point of view, history tells us that the longer your time horizon, the longer you stay invested, the more likely you are and will experience positive returns. That's, that's not a guarantee. Mm-hmm. Um, investments are never guaranteed. 
but um, hopefully over a longer period of time, could be five years, 10 years, or even longer, uh, your assets will grow faster than inflation and maybe even beyond that. Got it. So uh, again, these aren't guaranteed pronouncements, but history tells us to expect volatility in stocks and bonds. And, and in the future, we really should expect recovery when markets go down in value. And, and while it may take time, could be years, but this globally diversified and reasonably well-managed portfolio should recover from its lows and even exceeding the values of previous highs. Mm-hmm. So in today's discussion, we're going to talk about risk. We're not really going to focus on portfolio construction. That, that may be another topic for another day. But I just want to stress that um, we believe that you can construct a portfolio to meet almost any appropriate level of risk. Now, that, that one portfolio may not meet all of your financial objectives, uh, but we think we're going to resolve the, the risk issue. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you, if you really want preservation of capital and liquidity, and those are the primary objectives, then we may not be able to get the, the high growth and high income that a client might want. So we, we have to think about those priorities. Mm-hmm. And if, let's focus on risk first and then think of how the portfolio will be constructed. Okay, so we're not touching on portfolio construction, really. But at the same time, my question would be, how do you guys at, at Raskin Planning Group, how does this affect your financial planning process now that you've described what your thought about risk is and kind of what your viewpoint is? How does it affect the financial planning process as a whole with every client? Great question, Eric. First, let's talk about uh, how we believe that risk has four distinct aspects. So the first aspect is that, that what we're trying to do is determine the risk associated with the return that's required to meet our clients' goals. So if we think about risk and volatility as the price you pay to achieve returns that are in excess of those guaranteed no-risk returns you can get in the bank and CDs and money market accounts. Mm -hmm. So the question is, why would you pay that extra cost or, or have more risk if you don't need to? Or if you need to accept more portfolio volatility to increase the, the, the chances or the likelihood you're going to achieve greater returns, which will help you meet your goals. Hmm. So in general, I think that um, people understand that they need to accept more downside risk if they want to achieve greater returns over a specific period of time. I think that's understood by most people. Yeah. So the second uh, distinct aspect is that, that risk is perceived different at different points in time. So your perception of risk is really so important. If it feels risky, are you likely to stick with the strategy? Will, will you become anxious and will you lose sleep over it? Mm-hmm. Will, will you make transactions at, at the wrong time? Will, will you sell when markets are at the lowest? Will you buy only when markets have, have recovered to, to new highs? And will, will you buy only after you feel good about the economy, politics, the markets, et cetera? 
So it's your perception of, of the risk that you're taking on is, is really important. Yeah. And if people wait to do that or make a move when politics are good, mm. <laughs> yeah, it, and it's never going to happen. I'm sorry. <laughs> there, there's just not, there's not a good correlation between poli- political situations and, 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 and the market. Exactly. So um, the third aspect is that um, is, is the risk that you can afford to take. And, and I consider this a financial characteristic. And this is really where we get into the, the financial modeling that we do. How much risk can a client accept and afford uh, in, their, in their overall planning? So th- that's, that's an two, important question. It is, but it's a two-parter also because you said how much can they afford and how much can they tolerate, which can be yes. two different things, right? Because I may be able to afford quite a bit more risk than I'm able to tolerate because if I'm losing sleep or I'm stressing, I'm losing hair you know, because of the stress of this, even though I may be able to afford some more risk, I can't, my health certainly can't afford more risk, right? Exactly. And, and that's the, that's the fourth aspect is that it's it, your risk tolerance is really a personality characteristic mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. So you, you know, yes, you may, you may have the capacity for more risk, but you don't have the personality for it. You just don't have the tolerance for it. And, and that's just really important to know. Yeah. And, and I think that people need to really understand, we're not talking about if you can't tolerate risk, you don't have a backbone. That's not what we're saying, or not what you're saying, at least, uh, or me. But I, I think it really is. You just need to be comfortable with where you're at, and if you're uncomfortable, why would you want to live that way, right? It's like yeah. being in a pair of shoes that are three sizes too small. Sure, they were free, but doggone it, <laughs> it's not going to go well, right? If you're, you're wearing those sizes of shoes, so um, you, you've got to make that decision. Yes, it's it's when we talk about um, risk tolerance, we're. We're not really, we're not at all talking about it. It's not a value statement. Yes. It, it, it's just who you are. Yep. And, and, and that's fine. Yeah. And the, so, it just needs to be found out, right? I mean, that's yes. what you do and that's, that's your specialty. That's, that's our job. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So, so once we understand or, or and especially have our clients understand these, these four different aspects of risk, we then try to match their, their goals, their objectives to a specific investment strategy that's appropriate for them based upon their risk Mm -hmm. and their risk tolerance and their capacity and their perception. And um, I think of this as as goal-based planning where we have a specific goal and we want to make sure we're choosing the right investment strategy to to meet that goal. So so the first thing that we do is um, we think about we think that we, we, we talk to our clients that about not having all of their money um, running at the same pace. Mm-hmm. So we've got different objectives at different times and, and your short-term needs and objectives may have a different investment strategy than your longer-term or long-term objectives. So just briefly, I think it's important just to talk about those short-term objectives and goals. So if you've got uh, a need for liquidity, that's over the next one to 24 months, or even maybe a little bit longer, um, then we're having a different conversation about those assets. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe you're purchasing a car, you're paying tuition, you're, you know, you're remodeling your home, you're starting a business, or maybe you just want emergency funds in case something happens. So liquidity and safety should really be the priority for those funds. And we'll often recommend that clients just invest in the, you know, just put their money in the bank, in savings accounts, money market accounts, CDs, um, places where, where there's just very little risk and there's, there's total liquidity for those funds. And we understand the clients aren't going to receive any, any great return, but what they're getting in value is liquidity and safety. That's their objective for those funds. Absolutely. And, and how much would you pay for that? <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah. Right? If I could pay a certain amount to get eight or nine hours of sleep a night instead of four because I'm stressed about something, that's pretty valuable. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. So we look at the, the short-term objectives and we really take those out of the mix. We're not going to consider that as a long-term investment strategy because it isn't short-term. Mm-hmm. So, so once we've, we've satisfied these short-term liquidity needs, uh, we'll, we'll look at all the other objectives and those longer-term goals. And um, you know, timing is still important. Are, are these goals medium, long-term? Are they, are they three years out, four or five years, 10 years, or even 20 or 30 years? So what is that goal? What's the priority? Is it income? Is it capital preservation? Is it, is it capital appreciation? So you know, before I talked about our, our, our point of view that investment portfolios always go up and down, and we call this volatility. And I think it's important to understand that if you accept that, that, that reality, that there is volatility, uh, you have to expect that there, there is potentially downside risk whenever you're investing. Yeah. But you want to make sure that, that at the same time, there's the opportunity to achieve a certain upside. Mm-hmm. So in my opinion, that, that's where we, we're trying to determine our client's volatility comfort zone. We, we utilize a, a software tool called Riskalyze. Yeah, actually, Riskalyze. I think we've spoken about that on a previous podcast, and I know the software. That's fantastic. Yeah, we, I think it's a really helpful tool for for us as we're presenting um, yeah. these concepts to clients. Mm-hmm. And and what 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 Riskalyze does is they they use historical data to estimate the likelihood that a specific portfolio will potentially offer the investor returns over the next six months that fall between. Uh, negative X and positive Y. So, so again, we're trying to determine that 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 the comfort zone that that's best for the client. So while this 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 analysis is it's based on historical data, there's no guarantee of future performance, but it does give us a, a historical perspective, and 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 lets us know kind of around around probabilities that the client's experience might fall between this X and Y. And, and actually, it's a fairly high probability. It's a, a, a 95% probability uh, that, these, that, that the client's experience will, will fall between those two points in, in, in returns. How do you determine those two points, Peter? Well, the client's going to tell us what's most comfortable to them. So they will actually um, uh, choose... Uh, that this portfolio, uh, they'd feel comfortable if this portfolio uh, were to drop by a certain amount 
All right, Peter, I don't mean to interrupt here, but are we talking percentages or are we talking dollar figures for this model? We're, we're talking dollar figures, values. Okay, so if I was your client and I had a portfolio of, say, $500,000, um, I would be able to tell you, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable with risk that would possibly help me gain $250,000 in this portfolio, but I'm only comfortable with losing $100,000 in this portfolio. Is, is that kind of how that model is based? Yeah, l- let me give you an example. Um, Perfect. Let's think about an example with, uh, with, with the Johnsons. All right. And uh, assuming they have a, a million-dollar IRA. Mm-hmm. And over the next 10 years, they want this portfolio to, to grow faster than inflation. And starting in year 11, they're going to they're gonna want uh, income from the portfolio mm-hmm. that's going to last about, you know, for their lifetime. So uh, over these next 10 years, they're, they're willing to accept some downside volatility as long as that means they have the potential to achieve higher returns. So this range of return comfort zone over the next six months is negative 10% and positive 15%. So they are willing to see their portfolio decrease in value to Mm $900,000. If there's a chance, it could increase in value to $1,150,000 over over a six-month period. Okay. So this isn't a guarantee that they'll actually experience this range, but there's a good likelihood that it's going to fall within that range. And if it if if it goes down to nine hundred thousand dollars, they may feel somewhat anxious, but not uh, so anxious that they would be unable to sleep at night. Yeah, exactly. And then the important thing. Um, in this example is they, they really want to assess this comfort zone every few, few years, especially as they get closer to the year 11, when they start needing to draw money out of the IRA. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, let's look at another example, uh, the Smiths. All right. And this is a, this is a, a client that has a, a million dollars in non-retirement accounts. Uh, but this client actually has two uh, separate goals okay. with two different time horizons and two different comfort zones. Mm. And the recommendation is to actually um, invest the, uh, the dollars in two different investment strategies. So invest the million dollars in two separate strategies. So you're splitting it somehow. We're splitting it. So for example, okay. um, they want to buy a second home in five years for $500,000. Mm-hmm. So this goal, which is a shorter per, uh, period of time, uh, their comfort zone over the next six months might be closer to negative 5% and positive 8%. Okay. That uh, makes a lot of sense because the, yeah, it's, it's so. a shorter time horizon. So they, it's got to be a little bit safer. So they're going to be more conservative. Exactly. Okay. So the remaining $500,000 has more of a long-term uh, uh, perspective. Uh, they're hoping that that can grow faster than inflation and, and it's, it, out beyond 10 years, they'll, they'll turn on the uh, income spigot and start taking income from that portfolio. Nice. Uh, but so th- over these next 10 years, their comfort zone might fall between negative 12% and positive 18%. Okay. So they're willing to accept more risk for, for that longer term investment strategy. Yeah. And I love that because I mean, that gives you such flexibility when working with your clients and uh, you know, the, the, the different strategies that you can use. I mean, looking at that, that one example right there, being able to split 
that account into two separate things. I'm sure you could do it into two or three or four, depending on what their time horizons are for different goals. So that's, that's fantastic. And, uh, I would think that this would put a lot of people at ease, but do you still get clients that are really, really anxious about risk and, and, you know, during these conversations, even though you've got all these tools and resources at your disposal? Yeah. Even if we've mapped it out, we've set the plan in, in motion, uh, clients, uh, are concerned and it's very reasonable that they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Uh, matter of fact, we expect we're going to have these conversations on a regular basis. Yeah. And that's what, that's why we actually schedule uh, planning updates to, 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 to kind of measure and, and determine how comfortable our clients are in their current situation. And this especially happens when markets are, are, are volatile where there's lots of uh, uh, lots of downside mm-hmm. uh, like we've experienced in, in the recent past and we will experience that in the in the in the near future <laughs> yeah <that's... laughs> uh, so we always try to focus our clients and, and have discussions around their short and long-term objectives so just revisit those objectives what are they trying to do when are they trying to do it um, over these next uh, months years and decades mm. and we want to keep keep this short-term volatility that they're experiencing in perspective and come back to the long-term plan and make sure that they are, you know, geared up for a long-term success and sticking with that plan. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so funny as you were talking about that. I know that you work very, very closely with your clients and you're always focusing on comprehensive financial planning. Uh, But as we were talking, I thought, you know, I know Peter is available whenever his clients want to call, whenever, you know, whenever they want to make an appointment and, and have these conversations. Um, I was thinking about our flight back from Mexico. Uh, it was about a four hour flight. Cause we actually flew from there to Utah of all places. And there was turbulence in a couple different spots. And, and I know that if my wife had had a phone in the back of that seat that would go straight to the pilot, there would have been multiple, Hey, how are we doing? <laughs> How's it going up there? We, we've hit some turbulence. I'm noticing some bouncing around back here. And I think that's kind of what you are to your clients. I mean, when they see turbulence, when they have questions, I, I know that they're able to to kind of ease their mind and say, hey, hey Peter, how are we doing? <laughs> and, yeah. and make that call. I, I think it's vital. And, and I we really want them to call if they're yeah. feeling at all anxious. Yeah. And, and um, that's, again, I think that's why you focus so much on comprehensive financial planning, right? Yeah. In our opinion, the, the planning and taking a comprehensive approach uh, it really leads to this clarity, to the to the diligence, and gives our clients confidence. And in that way, they're going to get home. <laughs> yeah, the, the flight's going to land. Just, just they're going to be okay. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So yes, we we really enjoy uh, and and want our clients to reach out to us, especially when there are when there's anxiety. Yeah, and speaking about reaching out to you, if there's people on this listening to this podcast that aren't your clients, because I know your clients already have your number, but if there's people listening that don't have your number and they'd like to reach out and say, hey, I'd, I'd love to hear about Risk Allies and, and walk through that with you, how do they get a hold of you, Peter? Yeah, they certainly can call me directly at 617-728-7433. My uh, email is peter.raskin at lfg.com. Uh, visit our website at raskinplanning.com and and you can download our white paper and um, and check out more podcasts. Fantastic. Awesome. Thank you so much, Peter. This was great. Thanks, Eric. And thank you all for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast with Peter Raskin. 
If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Peter comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Raskin Planning Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Peter Raskin is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Securities offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker, dealer, member SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Sagemark Consulting, a division of Lincoln Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Insurance offered through Lincoln Affiliates and other fine companies. Raskin Planning Group is not an affiliate of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.